Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder-Wiley, Communications Coordinator. Today is Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. On this day in 1930, the first football game was played at the brand new Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas. The Southern Methodist University Mustangs beat the Indiana Hoosiers 27-0. The 46,000-seat stadium replaced the Fair Park football stadium, which was built in 1921 and could seat 15,000. On January 1, 1937, the first Cotton Bowl Classic was played at the stadium, and the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs beat Marquette University 16-6. The Classic became an annual tradition matching the Southwest Conference champion against a highly rated opponent, and now primarily features teams from the Big 12 and Southeastern Conference. The stadium was renovated several times, bringing its official capacity to 92,100. The Cotton Bowl served as the home to many teams, including the Dallas Texans of both the NFL and the AFL, Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Burn, now FC Dallas. The last Cotton Bowl Classic held in the Cotton Bowl Stadium was played on January 2, 2009. However, the site still hosts the annual clash between the University of Texas at Austin and the University of Oklahoma, the State Fair Classic between Grambling State University and Prairie View A&M, and the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Now on to today's podcast. Mark your calendars. The 32nd Annual Outlook for Texas Land Markets Conference will be held on April 13th and 14th, 2023 in San Antonio. More information on speakers and how to register will be available in the coming months, so stay tuned. After experiencing accelerated activity the past few years, Texas land markets have seemed to normalize in the second quarter of 2022. Demand for land, as reported by rural brokers, remains strong but has noticeably cooled from last year's frenzied contest. Some brokers report negotiations for terms short of asking price have returned to the market. Still, there was an absence of properties for sale, and prices increased nearly 25% to $4,286 per acre statewide. Inflation Increases in the Fed funds rate and energy market disruptions have all contributed to the normalizing land market. But to what extent? Texas Real Estate Research Center research economists Dr. Charles Gilliland and Dr. Lynn Krebs join us to share their insights. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having us. What has contributed to statewide land price increases? Why don't you start, Charlie? Well, think about the last couple of years. What we have been through. Uh, When the pandemic hit, all of a sudden it wasn't fun to live in the urban areas anymore because all of the concerts were shut down, the restaurants were all closed, no bars to go to, um, and plus there were lots of people there, so you ran the risk of being exposed to the the, uh, virus. So people began to look for some place to get away from everything. They started looking out in the countryside, uh, people that had uh, probably not even thought about going to, to buy land before all of a sudden were in the market. So there, were, there was a 
tremendous frenzy, if you will, and I, I don't think frenzy is uh, um, over-the-top term for it uh, in the market out there. It's everybody started looking for land at the same time. And uh, plus, thinking back to the, the 2020 time frame, there also was that summer where there were all of the, uh, the rioting that was going on in the cities. So people, in addition to wanting to get away from uh, the other things in the city, were uh, not feeling safe. And uh, they began to look for some place to where they could go where they would feel safe. So all of that f increased uh, prices across the board tremendously. Um, in addition to that, you also had a lot of uh, demand for land uh, that, that was uh, based on uh, investment expectations. Uh, so essentially you had a, a big flood of people that all wanted to buy land at the same time. So that uh, drove up land prices. Uh, there were shortages of supply and uh, to the point that that people paid asking price and or in some cases they started to actually bid up the price over asking prices. And the, the brokers that I spoke with said that it was very difficult to overprice land uh, during that, that last year and a half. So uh, all of that has, uh, has driven prices to historic levels. I would agree. I think the uh, takeaway there is safety, you know, uh, safe places, both physically and financially. Low interest rates made an already attractive investment option even more enticing. And then um, there was this accelerated desire of people to retreat to rural areas during the pandemic. What has driven slowing rural land sales across Texas in the second quarter? Well, the first thing that I think of is prices people are beginning to uh, encounter economic problems um, associated with things like inflation, so they're having troubles making ends meet. So they're beginning to look at land prices and say, you know, these are historically high levels. Um, maybe either I can't afford it at all or I can't afford as much and that sort of thing. It almost had to cool off because during the pandemic phase of the markets, it was over the top in terms of activity. And so that at this point, when we look at the numbers of transactions, we're kind of returning to what was sort of normal in 2019 and 2018 before the pandemic set in. No, that's true. I think uh, economic uncertainty um, caused people to step back and, and uh, think again. Um, you know, we saw uh, activity slow down at, at the end of last year, and then particularly after the Fed uh, reversed course in March of this year, you know, we saw liquidity coming out of the economy, interest rates rising, which means two things, higher cost of capital as well as higher cost of everything else competing for dollars. And two, um, you know, creating um, more alternative investment options with, uh, with higher rates elsewhere. Y'all already touched on this, but if you could go in further, has inflation, as well as the Fed's attempts to reduce that inflation, affected the Texas land markets? Yes, I think it clearly has. Our own studies have shown that 
prices tend to work inverse of the Fed funds rate, um, similar to the housing market. You know, higher cost of capital reduces affordability and, de and dampens demand for land to some extent. Uh, and as I mentioned a minute ago, you know, higher cost of living expenses crimps people's budgets and you know what they're going to do with their their, their cash flow and their money. Um, however, the Texas land market is also an investment market, and there will still be all cash demand for high quality tracks. But even those buyers will have other options for attractive return on their capital, so they'll be more discriminating in the tracks that they consider buying. Uh, yes, you're exactly right. You know, when you think about your own situation, uh, inflation starts eating into how much you have left over at the end of the month when, after you've paid for your food and housing and, and the necessities of life. So it, it has that effect in essentially reducing the disposable income that people have to dedicate to buying land to, to start with. And it's, it's kind of a complex situation, too, in that it also is a motivating factor for some investors that Lynn mentioned that uh, really are not necessarily so focused on how much of a return they're going to get. What they're focused on is how much of their capital can they preserve. So they just essentially what uh, brokers call parking money. They're looking for some place to uh, to preserve their wealth, and land has historically been a, a way to do that in times of inflation. So it works both ways. It reduces affordability for a lot of people, but it also gives some really wealthy people uh, a further incentive uh, to look for some place to put their money. Has disruption in the energy market impacted the land markets? Yes especially in far west Texas. Far west Texas land markets had become more a, of an industrial driven market in the Permian Basin um, when the oil patch was in uh, full steam charging ahead. Uh, when that unusual occurrence happened in May of 2020 where uh, uh, Oil prices actually went negative. People were having to pay to have somebody take the oil off their hands. Um, when that happened, all of that purchase activity in the in the Permian Basin came to a screeching halt on turn and from the the demand from the energy industry basically vanished, and it really hasn't uh, returned yet. What's the outlook for the remainder of the year? We're basically anticipating that we're going to see uh, a further decline in the number of transactions uh, as the, uh, the, the Fed funds uh, rate increases, uh, begins to take its toll on economic activity. Um, we're going to see, anticipate uh, some mixed prospects for the growths of value um, probably the, the poor quality properties may uh, um, be faced with a situation where there isn't much demand for, for them, but there will be further demand for good quality properties. There still are people looking. What we're hearing from 
uh, brokers currently is that the, the phones are still ringing, just not nearly as much as they were uh, a year or, or even six months ago. So we're anticipating uh, declines in the total number of acres that get traded uh, and also that uh, probably the total dollar volume of activity in the land market will will go down. Um, but bear in mind that that's because prices are at historically high levels now, and they almost had to, the markets almost had to quiet uh, quiet somewhat because they were so uh, over the top for so for quite some time. That's right, and. You know, they, uh, we, we expect that uh, inflation will continue um, at an elevated rate. Uh, we expect that the Fed funds rate is going to continue to rise and, and be elevated into 2023. And all of those things uh, create demand destruction, even for land, um, like we're seeing in, in a lot of other markets. Yes, I, the thought occurs to me, too, that uh, we've been touching on the, the fact of interest rates. But when you start hearing that uh, that the lending rates for land loans are in the 8% range, uh, that has a real dampening effect on activity. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again, Charlie and Lynn. For more, check out the Texas Land Market Latest Developments Report. The link to this report is on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. The center also has rural land data for Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi on our website. The link is down below. While you're on our website, check out our research library. It includes a wide variety of research reports and articles. Latest topics include boundary changes in property rights, option period basics, carbon credits for landowners, and more. The link is on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you're looking for more from the Texas Real Estate Research Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, news, and more. For more Texas real estate news, subscribe to Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter. You'll get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox every Tuesday and Friday. The link is down below. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Texas Real Estate Research Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder-Wiley, and I'll see you next time. Bye!